0: Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.
1: So hello and welcome everybody. To Sunday sit. Uh, my name is Casey. Who's liking the rain? Yeah. And thanks for venturing out in the rain. In California, we're like, oh my God, it's raining. <laughs> Can't leave. Um, speaking of that, our, our topic today is courage. <laughs> well, you need a lot of courage for the rain. But, um, so this, this topic of courage... Um, the opposite of courage would be fear and um, yeah, I think looking at them both, we see in our life that courage, courage and fear, they're both habitual, they're both, they're both habits. And so I, I think for me personally, like working with courage for my spiritual practice, it's actually a very, it starts as a very mundane practice, like how could I access courage instead of fear um, in a very mundane way in everyday life. It's funny, at work we're doing um, just networking and, and um, have some programs coming up where it would be nice to you know, work at a depression and anxiety clinic. So it would be <clears throat> really nice to just network with other, cl- other clinics. And so we're doing some cold calls, just, hey, you know we're here, want to connect. How many people enjoy cold calling? <laughs> <laughs> you need to raise your hand. We need help, so you know. it's like, like someone actually said, Casey, I'm I'm literally almost getting PTSD. Like, I'm <laughs> and it's a mutual thing. We're just connecting, and we're just saying, hey, you know, because we refer out all the time. So we're actually helping them too. It's not even like selling something they don't want or anything like that. But it's interesting. Um, but there's a lot of things that in life that, because of lack of courage, we stop, like we don't follow through. And if you notice, there might be things in life that, as you, as you're trying to attain something, then there is this stopping point, and it's because of this um, lack of courage. You know that we that. Um, and fear comes up. So in this happening, we start to lose our confidence in our ability to follow through or to reach our full potential. Reaching our full potential is what our spiritual path's about. So if we keep running up against these blockages, or, you know, this fear, and we, we're not getting into the habit of following through and reaching our potential, then how do we think we're going to reach our reach Buddhahood like how is that helping out our confidence you know <laughs> oh yeah I could reach you know my full Buddha nature <clears throat> you know I had I had an experience I've I shared this at least part of it I'm sure before but I came back from a retreat and we're doing some like Dzogchen practices so you just like <clears throat> release yourself completely <laughs> and um, afterwards the retreat was fine but afterwards I started getting lots of anxiety lots of anxiety arose this runs in my family it's amazing that I didn't get have anxiety before everyone both sides of my family lots of anxiety so which is just this, you know fear for no reason I'd, I'd be fine nothing's wrong it's just crazy thing about anxiety right mm-hmm. is that literally nothing's happening <laughs> and you have tons of anxiety but nothing's nothing's wrong which is this looking the prefrontal cortex knows i'm fine i'm safe and the body's like no we're freaking out like <laughs> for no reason at all <laughs> and so i sat down and i had enough i was just like ah, oh, i'm so tired of this so i sat down in meditation and i said come on like go ahead go ahead fear. <laughs> and, um, it did. It said okay. <laughs> <laughs> I call your bluff kind of a thing. <laughs> and it was very interesting. It was like way like, like waves of the ocean. It was waves of fear came. The first one was maybe five, six feet. And it was just like a wave just pounding me just like mm-hmm. boom. And then the other one was bigger and just crashing down. Bam. And the other one was, it was like 14, 15 feet high waves of fear. Bam, just coming. And I thought, oh, I shouldn't have said this. Like I messed up. You know, like I should have just, you know, pushed it away. You know, but I, I continued to rest that I, I knew that fear it doesn't have teeth, you know? Like, fear is not sharp like it's not going to kill you, you know? It feels that way. So e- even afterward, it was like, it was like traumatic almost, like looking, experiencing that much. I didn't really know. It was almost like the whole entire universe was, was coming in. But I sat with the residual of that. And I didn't, really even notice then but after that my anxiety started to to drift away little by little and it was just that looking in and I also realized at that point too like I need to start doing things on a mundane level to look at that fear to face that more directly you know what could I do you know I, I heard um This one extreme sports guy, he says, I try to scare myself every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, every day a little bit. Like, how could I scare myself every day? And this, you know, it's not easy to scare ourselves, right? Like like the cold calling, right? It could be asking for a raise. It could be, um, you know, trying something that you haven't tried before. It could be traveling. It, It doesn't need to be this super big thing, but it is really nice to to look at that in a very in a very direct way and pierce through it, you know? And one reason one way we do this in in Buddhism is I say do this skillfully is the first thing we do is take refuge. We take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, but we're taking refuge the way we could do this is Trusting in our Buddha nature chose trust, trusting that we're safe, so then we could look at this, right? Because we're looking at what we're not. We're resting in what we are, right? And Jonganganjupa says and, and I wrote it here about <laughs> taking refuge, he says, um, "When we take refuge, we don't have any home ground." We are lost souls. So funny, so to speak. But basically, we're completely lost and confused and in some sense, pathetic. Yeah. Now, he's not talking about why you take refuge. He said, that's after you take refuge.
2: <laughs>
1: Let me unpack that for a moment because it seems like the opposite. Like, why do we take refuge if we're pathetic? And you got to know Twinkum Kim but he's a crazy wisdom teacher, you know? He <laughs> says crazy stuff. Um, completely lost and confused. What he's talk, talking about there is we're in transit. We usually take refuge in things outside of ourselves that really don't have any ground, but we could take refuge in cookies, in alcohol, in Netflix, in whatever. We take refuge in those things. Those don't have any ground, but before we find our own ground, we're homeless for a moment. Because we, we don't have any home now. We take refuge. And so now we're like, okay, this isn't working. That's why we're all here in this room. Because all that stuff isn't working. <laughs> so we've come here and saying, okay, we've got to find it inside. But in that, in that in-between state, we're kind of homeless. And we're working towards understanding our Buddha nature in an experiential way. So even even this um, idea of no longer looking outside of ourselves and moving in, this is an extreme act of courage. It's an extreme act of courage, right? Moving away from our coping mechanisms and saying, oh, you know, I'm going to actually depend upon myself. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> like no one's going to save you. Nothing's going to save you. Taking refuge is the ultimate faith and the ultimate trust in yourself, in your own Buddha nature. And this is true. Like this is because it's true, you know, like that's it. That's the only way we're going to find it. Now, this is kind of nice, like taking refuge and trusting myself, like this would be good. But we need tools, right? We need tools to actually experience safe. We can't just think it sounds good that I'm safe. We have to experience I'm safe. So these are the whole tools that we have. And the most powerful safety net of all is Bodhicitta. You know, Bodhi Awaken Cheetah. Mind bodhicitta. What's bodhicitta? What's the definition? I said the, the, those are the translations of words, but um, well, what is it? What's another word? What's it commonly known as? Well,
2: compassion,
1: loving kindness. Yeah, compassion. Yeah, it's derived from the sincere wish to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. And it's the it's the fruition of that, of that vow to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. So this this intention, however, is extremely transformative. You know, Shanti Davis Shanti Davis says it's like this, um, this fire. This this bodhicitta is like a fire that burns away, all of our fear all the fear everything that's in the way of us seeing our true nature all all that debris is burnt up in bodhicitta so this 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 vow and the practice of of this <coughs> sincere wish to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings purifies all of our delusions until we see clearly that we were never groundless, we were never homeless, right? we're always connected, we were never alone, all of those things, and we know experientially that. So this is what Dilgo Kinsey would call enlightened courage. He would say this, I think he wrote a whole book called Enlightened Courage. And this is the stuff that we see, enlightened courage is what we see with the saints and the sh- sages that do, you know, crazy, crazy courage <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that they have. So this Citta, <clears throat> you know, kind of the steps for bodhicitta, is, you know, this accumulation, how do we act- actualize bodhicitta? We're going to do some tonglen today. I'm going to do some Tonglin practice, um, but before that, <laughs> you know, this this accumulation of merit, which is like this purification tool, so we start with intention, so we have this intention, want to attain alignment for the benefit of all beings, this intention to know our, our true nature, starts with intention. And then with intention, this intention is in body, speech, and mind, that we're acting out this intention to help all beings. This turns into virtue. Virtue cleanses all of our mundane activities. So all of our mundane activities now become virtuous. Right? When you cook dinner at night, you're not cooking dinner anymore for yourself. Or for your partner. You're cooking dinner for all beings. This is the intention. All beings. You think just making dinner, you're making dinner for all beings. You think this when you're making dinner. When you're wiping up, when you're cleaning the the kitchen counter after dinner, you're not cleaning the kitchen counter. You're you're, You're purifying the negativity, the negative karma of all beings. May they see their own Buddha nature. This is the thought process of a bodhisattva. Nothing, nothing is mundane anymore. Taking a shower, the same thing like the vajrasattva practice, this purification, this light coming down and purifying all negativities. Taking a shower, you're purifying negativities of all beings. May all beings never, not for one instant, have one ounce of negativity. May they all be filled with loving presence. This is the thought process of a Bodhisattva. The only reason, you Nalama know, Zopa would say, the only reason to eat, there's, there's only one reason to eat, is to fortify the body so the body could serve others. This is why we eat. You know, we, we say prayer. And, like, this is, this is that intention. Right? So this virtue, so through this virtue, it's, this is, we create merit. Merit, is the fuel of this fire burning away negative karmas purifying 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 each action each word each thought each meditation practice right purifying purifying and the more wisdom that we see the more fearless we become right as this as this becomes more and more clear the more fearless we become. And our ability to love, if you notice, fear and love can't exist in the same place. So the more we fear, the less we love. You notice? Fear is a great great way to dislike somebody. And we see this all the time, right, in society. If we fear somebody, automatically that's, that's the biggest reason we go to war, right? That's a whole propaganda machine, you know? All we have to do is introduce fear. That's it. But it gets very problematic on the path when we start to fear ourselves, or we doubt ourselves, when we turn that negativity on ourselves, we can't see our true potential. Alright, so we're going to practice um, a technique of uh, Bodhicitta. Um, how many people have, you have done Tong before? So Tong Lin is, um, Tong Lin means uh, taking, giving. Tong Lin, taking, giving. I'm choosing this practice there's many practices to develop, to develop the kind fearless heart. I'm taking this one because this one takes courage just to do it. Like just to and and it's okay not to do it because it's kind it could be almost harsh in a way. It's like a pretty intense practice sometimes. It's okay if you don't want to do it don't do the visualization you could just follow your breath in and out. That's fine. Maybe your hand on your heart. Practice some self chair, um, self care. So Tong Lin is visualizing. You could even visualize yourself, but usually it's somebody else that you feel needs. Um, some healing. Mental, physical healing. And. You rest within your intention. Your intention to take away their suffering. So first you connect. You don't need to do this now. We're going to just talk, I'm going to talk it out and then we're going to do it because it's, there's a few steps involved. So first we rest into our intention. We want to take away their suffering. On an inhalation, you visualize all of their suffering moving away from their body and coming out into the space in front of you. It's like a black smoke. So you can visualize it like black smoke out in in the space in front of you. And as you continue to inhale, and this doesn't have to work perfectly with all your inhales, but you inhale that smoke. And so all the new agers out here that are thinking I'm not going to inhale black smoke. <laughs> this is going to dirty up my aura and um, and clog up my chakras. And this is exactly what I thought the first time I heard this. I was like, why am I going to inhale black smoke? This is not good. You're, you're actually not inhaling black smoke. Through your intention to take away their pain, you're transforming it. So actually... As soon as it hits your body and you start to ingest it, you're going to breathe this in. It's transformed into light. You could even visualize this as like a lightning bolt through your your pure intention. And this lightning bolt comes down onto your heart. And you visualize that your heart has like a black sheath around it. This is the selfishness part, not self-cherishing, like we need self-cherishing, self-care. But this is just the selfish aspect of our being, right? And as this light comes down, it shatters the hardening of the heart, the shell of the heart. And when that happens, the whole body is filled with light. Your whole entire being is vibrating with intense, beautiful, luminous, healing light that's healing on every level. And this is really important to feel this peace because this is what you're gonna give back to them. So this light purifies all negativity on the mental plane, the spiritual plane, the physical plane, the emotional plane. On an exhalation, you exhale back into that being, that, that light. You're exhaling that back into them. Filling them up with light. And then you ask any, any, any residual suffering, future suffering that they might have. I want that too. Give me that too. You inhale. You visualize black smoke. You continue to inhale. Through that power of your intention, it's transformed, and you go through the process again. Okay? Alright, any questions before we get started? Breathing in, I know that I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know that I am breathing out. Just for a couple moments. Just being... No to relax, no need to relax or meditate or visualize. Just giving yourself full permission to be here. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. Nothing to achieve. into the meditation with a sense of ease, non-expectation, even a sense of fun and joy. And allowing to arise in the mind's eye a person or a group of people that you find may need some healing could use some assistance and as mentioned this could even be yourself sometimes it's nice at first to pick another person maybe a little easier to visualize at first So you have that person or that group of people seated out before you in your mind's eye. Reach back into your own beingness and reaching into your intention. I wish to take away their suffering. Say, may you be happy and free from suffering. And for now, just allowing that intention to arise within you. To be present. And then on an inhalation, Visualize their suffering in the form of black smoke leaving their body and hovering in the space in front of you in the form of a cloud. And don't worry too much about the rhythm of these breaths, but on another inhalation Visualize this smoke entering your body. But as soon as it meets with your body, transforming into this lightning bolt. Strong and powerful. Transformed by your intention coming crashing down on the self-cherishing aspect of your heart. Instantly filling up your entire being. With luminous, divine, intelligent light. Instantly purifying your own being emotionally, and physically, mentally, spiritually. Every cell of your being is vibrating with this light. On an exhalation, exhaling this light back into this person, watching their entire being fill with this light, purifying everything in its path, to finally knowing exactly what needs to be done for a full, complete healing to take place. They are vibrant and happy. In your heart of hearts, you never ever want to see them suffer ever again. So asking if there's any residual suffering or even future suffering that you could help with. Inhaling once again and asking for that suffering to come. And I'll let you continue for a few breaths here on your own. Breathing in the smoke, transforming it at the moment it hits your body into a light. Crashing down on the self-cherishing aspect of the heart filling the body with light and then giving it back. So at your own pace, just finishing up whatever round that you're in, just give you a few moments. May you be happy, may you be free from suffering, telling this person one last time, this group of people, and at your own pace, allowing their image in your mind's eye to dissolve, turning your mindful, compassionate, non-judgmental awareness onto the feeling in your being this can be very, very subtle it could be more pronounced, it doesn't matter whatever feeling you feel right now just resting your attention here Maybe, um, just take a moment, <laughs> anyone would like to share with a larger group what, what came up for them?
3: Well, kind of, I mean, I, can I, can I speak just to like what, about what you said before or should I talk about the group?
1: Oh, whatever you, whatever you like.
3: So I know you've said this before about, well, if you're in a space of, this has been, I mean, it's an undercurrent of a lot of our discussions, but that if you're in a space of fear, there's no love and it's just, um, I guess what's been going on the last few days in my life is actually knowing, just finding out about someone who's really suffering a lot um, and seeing sort of my own um like like hardening of my heart as far as like, oh because this was something that like I was excited about the potential of, of of something and like projecting into the future. And now that this person is having their own really strong suffering, like seeing uh fear like, oh, and and loss and oh this about what it is for me. So this came on a really a really Amazing moment because of what I know I want to be for this person, mm-hmm. and but the fear of oh this is going to everything I thought was going to happen and who knows like I that was going to happen anyway. Um, it's sort of like an awakening of no this is this is the truth right now in this moment. How do you want to? how can you, be, how can you love this person? Because mm-hmm. that's what I really wanted to be able to do. You know? So, yeah, I mean, it was really beautiful.
1: So almost chit-chat in the small groups. <laughs> Fear of public speaking, anyone. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, well, I'm a visualizer, so uh, when we try to send people love and compassion, it's always been a little vague to me, and mm.
4: not,
0: not difficult, but just not concrete, I guess. So this visualization helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I could see the black smoke, but I let it get to here mm-hmm. and then transform to the light. Cool. Or, I don't know if that's what you told me to do, but I, <laughs> I didn't go further. <laughs> <and laughs> the smoke that's in cool. here, then it, then the light, and then the crashing into my heart. And on a, then I stayed with it for a while and felt it really pretty much throughout my body. Wonderful. And then mm-hmm. I could project it back to the two people I was dealing with. And after several times, I, I could sit with it and see us all in the light,
1: mm. together.
2: Mm.
1: Which was Beautiful.
2: very powerful. Wow. It's wonderful. So I'd never done the practice before. So. Oh, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Some of our observations were there's physiological response. that mm. some, I mean, I felt um, a physiological response to it. That you know, instead of this sort of heady visualization, mm-hmm. once once mm-hmm. you sort of suspended, okay, maybe it's a light and whatever, that just the physiological. Wow, this is such what's going on with my body and being aware of that and sort of sort of being curious. Why why am I feeling that But just sort of letting it just be as it is. It was very very interesting um, how that practice not only affects had affected my my body but also just how it was able to kind of change as it went along you know it was
4: Mm
2: -hmm. um, it was interesting we've done it before and i know it's been a different experience for me every time i've done it with this
1: group yeah thank you
4: i I thought it was interesting because i as a kid i specifically had nightmares involving black smoke Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, to turn that into like, uh, th- there's nothing about my own personal strength. There's nothing about my own personal like holiness or whatever. It's just it's a, it's it's almost like a chemical
3: reaction. If you had the intention to take that, it will transform into light. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate hearing that. You
1: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Did you read?
4: I, I, uh, uh,
0: I couldn't help her as much as I had hoped. Um, she she got helped, but, uh, she, she, uh, I felt she wasn't helped completely.
1: So. How did you feel, though?
0: Like I gave her everything I could. Okay. And uh,
1: trying to love her more. Great. Yeah. So when we're doing, it's important to practice um, equanimity. You know, in the mm-hmm. Brahma Baharas, This equanimity practice, in the Brahma baharas is, I can, I can give you, give you, give you, but if you don't take it, if you hurt yourself anyway, I'm gonna love you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And so. <laughs> How cool. Like when we're, when we're doing these practices, we're still practicing the wisdom of non-attachment, impermanent, empty of inherent existence, interdependence, all that is wrapped around in bodhicitta, right? Allowing us to love more completely.
4: It seems like in the instructions, because a breath doesn't take very long, you inhale pretty quickly, and you exhale pretty quickly, or you're going to get distracted start hyperventilating. Um, So what I felt was it was too fast. What I felt was I needed time to really absorb the pain or the black smoke. That I needed more time to feel what you felt, because you weren't doing what you described in a breath or two. Your waves were coming at a slower pace. So. One question I have, I, I needed time to really feel the pain. And then, because there has to be a point, it seems like, that you can do it. That's what courage is, at least to me, that I can get through this. Mm-hmm. That I can really take it on. I can do it. And then, the light will come. I don't know if you have any comment on that.
1: Um. Well, just on the timing part of it, um, I should have been more clear. It could take you, yeah, in the beginning especially, it it could take you several inhalations, you know, several circulations of breath. And then on, when your timing's right, on the next inhalation, breathe it in. So, Mm -hmm. so you, that could, the whole, first, each piece could take several circulations Mm -hmm. of breath. Um, Once you get down, once you get it down, and you also your breath becomes very long, too. Okay. Like, you could take 20-second inhalations, you know, and then, and that helps, too, but it doesn't matter about the circulation. Yeah, just on the next inhalation, whenever you're ready and you've done that visualization part of the black smokes in front of you, whenever you're ready, on the next inhale, breathe in that last piece. And then you do the visualization of your body filled up with light and all that, that, that could take several circulations of breath. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when you're ready... On an exhalation, whenever you're ready, exhale that into their body. And I should have been more clear. Sorry about that.
2: Yeah. So with that visualization, you're breathing the smoke. The smoke is coming in through your in through the, your mouth, and it's turning into light through.
1: Yep. As soon as it mouth. hits your mouth, it okay. can turn into light and come down into your heart.
2: And then do you visualize it coming out this way or, you know,
1: that's Yeah, you could visualize your whole body bi- your whole body full of light and sometimes it overflows throughout the body. Okay. So you're almost like your whole aura is embedded in light. Okay. Yeah. But and then back through your mouth you exhale that light <coughs> into them. And people well, how do I visualize it into them? You can visualize your into their mouth <laughs> or in through their pores of their, their body. It doesn't matter that their body is filled with light. And some people are more visual than others. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you're not so visual, this is more through intention.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, it just depends. Mm. Do I have another one? So, I think we have time. Yeah, one more.
0: Um, I noticed um, eventually. Welcome back, Soleil.
1: Yeah. Soleil. <laughs> yeah. um,
3: I noticed that um, eventually, I, um, you know, you're guiding us, saying, you know, breathe in the smoke. Um, and, and then I just kind of had a moment where. I didn't really see any smoke there anymore, mm-hmm. um, and instead I saw light, mm. Mm. and so then it just turned into, you know, them breathing out light and me breathing in their light and me mm. exhaling light, and and you know, and it just became the circulation of just light, you know, around. Wonderful.
1: Us. Yeah. This is Buddhism. We need suffering all the time.
2: <laughs>
1: no light. Come on. An endless cycle. Countless eons of suffering. No, that's really wonderful. That's great. Thank you. All right. Well, maybe let's just close here. Dedicate the merit today thinking mm-hmm. all of our brothers and sisters that cannot be here today which includes all beings all sentient beings of all time past present future all categories human beings, animal beings, spirit beings may all of them somehow some way take this love compassion wisdom insights that we have accumulated here together and may we give it to them may it purify them somehow some way may their suffering be lifted may all beings without exception including ourselves be happy truly happy